Hi, thank you for joining us as we go to a, a new subject. Uh, prayer is never a new subject, but there's things I'd like to share with you. Uh, but first of all, I, I want to put a, a little comment here. Uh, before I came, uh, because the weather has been so cold and awful here, I hadn't had a haircut for a long time. And when the uh, city dog license people came by, they said, get a haircut or buy a dog license. So anyway, I went and got a haircut. And the gal who cut my hair is going to watch this video. So praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but I'd like to uh, share with you some one-liners that uh, came to me. And I think they're really worth looking at before we begin our subject. These are, these are freebies. It doesn't cost you anything. But there's some statements, and the one statement I like really well was uh, was a statement about your heart. God wants your whole heart and your heart whole. I love that. You know, a lot of these one-liners you have to think about for a while. You know, what all that mean? What does it mean to you? Uh, I... Um, I went to seminar and I, I heard something and I wasn't sure it was true, but then I thought probably it is. But uh, when I was in junior high and high school, I dated a lot of girls uh, and some I really liked and some I didn't really like that much. But I went to a seminar about engagement and marriage and it says before you get married, Ask God to give the pieces of your heart you've given away to get them back so you can give them to the one you're married. Because I thought, man, I did give a piece to this one, a piece to that one, you know, and I thought that's, that's that was an interesting thought, you know, gather up all the pieces so I can give a, as much of my heart as I can to that person. Another thing has been a blessing. I don't know, a blessing being old, but I'm trying to figure out, it's been over 30 years since I pastored uh, churches because nobody'd have me. <laughs> so, so I had to go on the web. <laughs> you know? uh, because I'll tell you, if you turn your your video off, I'm going to do what I t would tell the old people in my church when they that had hearing aids that put their hands up. I'm going to take your hands down. <laughs> you can't click me off. <laughs> so... <clears throat> But this, uh, I got a wonderful letter from someone that was in my life at least 30 years ago or more. Uh, and so if you've been in my life and you'd like to drop me a line, I would love it. It's been really, really interesting to hear what's happened since we were together or I counseled the family member or something. But this lady that wrote this, uh, she heard about the tragedy that we had in our family last year, which was a horrible tragedy, uh, and that they, they experienced the same kind of tragedy. And she made a statement at the end of her letter I'd like to give to you. Uh, it's a good statement about suffering and <clears throat> about going through suffering. And she said this. In the school of suffering, there are things 
that can be cannot be learned only in its halls. See, the idea is don't waste your suffering. You're going through it. You didn't choose to go through it. But what can God teach you as you go through this? And the lessons or things that stand out that he teaches you, you can turn around and share with others when they go through the school. Because when she said what happened in her family, similar to what happened in mine, I could identify with her. I could identify with her family and what they were going through. And uh, uh, when the, when it, there are tragedies that you didn't expect, that just out of the blue, uh, and you go through the suffering. Now, today, uh, I want to share with you, you know, often someone will say, would you pray for me? Um, and I'm going, sure. And now, let's see, what should I pray? Now I lay me? <laughs> I don't think that's what they meant when they said, would you pray for me? So what happens when people come into your life and they would like you to pray for them? And you're going, what do I pray? I don't, I, I'm not a, a great prayer. I love praying, but I'm not really, artic some people are really articulate and their prayers are beautiful. Mine are, mine are just, plain, simple prayers. So if someone's, you're going to pray for them, what could you pray? Where could you find uh, some help in praying? And I found one, and that's in Ephesians. And in Ephesians, uh, let's see, chapter 3, uh, the end of the chapter there, Paul prays for those at Ephesus. Now, if you look, if, if you know anything, you don't have to, but let me tell you, Ephesus is like what our country is going through. The people in Ephesus were going through all these different changes and turmoils and values and everything that are, are, that are shifting. And so this was Paul's prayer for them. Uh, and there are, I'm on a list, there are, Five prayer requests that I've lifted out of this. Now, you can read this yourself and lift out how many prayer requests. But to me, I saw five that I could pray for anybody uh, that's going through hard times or whatever. And then you also can add stuff. But this is when Paul is praying for people that are hurting, you know, it's going to be it's a biblical prayer for one thing. It's going to be a good, solid prayer. Now. I, how he started in verse 16, I want you to try to get your mind around this. I can't get my mind around it. Um, but how Paul started his prayer, this is what he said. I pray that God may grant you according to the riches, to the riches of his glory. And I thought, what is the riches of his glory? See, this prayer is based on that. Paul, he said, I'm praying that because of God's riches and glory, these things will happen in your life. And I've thought about that a lot. I'll lay in bed and think, the riches of his glory. What all does that mean? And I, I've, I have a lot of Bibles. I looked them up and all that. No help. 
<laughs> it says riches of his glory. <laughs> but I'm trying to think, what, what all does that mean? You think how glorious God is, like when it talks about the glory of heaven. I can't, I can't really get my mind around it. I know it's going to be so far beyond uh, what we think. But this prayer is based on that, on the riches of his glory. And I think that when prayer is biblical, it gives glory to God. And even sometimes like, this is a very difficult request to make. Um, it, it may be almost an impossible request, but don't pray beyond your faith. Because I don't, I'm not sure you're gonna get it. But at least pray where your faith is and ask God to expand your faith. Um, you know, a lot of people will not pray for healing. Why not? Well, I just really don't believe God's going to heal. Well, then don't pray. I mean, that we're not saying now I lay me, that, that kind of a thing. You've got to believe, can God? But read the New Testament and read the, the Lord Jesus. What did he do? Most of his ministry was healing people that had all kinds of illnesses and so on. So don't limit God by not praying for healing and leave it in his hands, but believe that God can heal. And God can heal. It's been miraculous healing. So God can provide all kinds of things. So let's look now at these requests. And you may want to look at this video again, or I would write them down. I have them written down. Where I, when I want to pray, I've got them right here and I pray through this. I know if I pray this enough, it will eventually be me, but this is Paul. And it takes a while of going over, over scripture that it becomes you. Uh, but here's some things that Paul prayed for these people that were going through similar circumstances that the majority of people we know are going through some of them. And so let's look at these requests. Number one, you know, remember the prayer is as according to what? The riches of his glory. And, and the idea is that the healing or the answer to prayer should glorify God. There are prayers that God can't answer because they would not glorify, uh, but they can glorify God. Or... Um, not glorify a person. You know, they, they, there were people that, um, that would be negative. I don't know how to say it. I don't like saying negative stuff. Um, so I won't say it. So you'll never know. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to be negative and downer and all of that. But being a pastor, you, you get involved in a lot of prayer meetings and things like that. And there's some prayer meetings that I've been in, even with other pastors, that I wanted to get up and walk out of. Um, I didn't because that would not have been the right thing to do. But 
You can tell if someone believes what they're praying or they don't. In fact, my secretary is sitting here nodding yes, because she says no, she's fired. So she has to keep, keep agreeing with what I'm saying. She's sitting across from me. But uh, she found a, a couple that really believed when they prayed. And they, they are not people that would turn your head in church. Just normal. They're just kind of normal, everyday people. But they know how to reach out and touch God. And it's not fake, and it's not a lot of hollering and hooperah and all of that. It's just when they pray, they pray, and they pray specifically. They pray simply, but powerfully simply. It, they were a blessing. Uh, she brought them to my home one time, and uh, it was a blessing to meet this couple. And there are people like that. And so God helped me to be, to be real, to be genuine when it comes to pray. So let's look at these requests that Paul prayed. The first one was to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. We all need that. So that, that's a prayer that you could pray for anybody, whatever they're going through. Um, one of the fellows that I meet with early in the morning, um, their family has been going through some real sorrow, loss of a loved one. Well, you could pray that they be strengthened in their sorrow. Um, this person is gone. It's going to leave a hole. Uh, some people, um, th th there was a, a song they used to sing. Uh, back in the good old days. Uh, and so I know you've never heard it, but I'm glad you're gone, you rascal, you. you know? <laughs> I said, I don't want that at my funeral, okay? It's not one, one of the hymns I want. But, you know, it's just uh, some people, when they go, there's a hole. In fact, we have a good friend that just recently passed, and she's leaving a hole. And no one can fill that hole. It just it was her hole, and she touched a lot of lies, and uh, she was a part of our small group and just really a sweetheart. And I can never think of her name, but she used to be a nurse, so I called her the nurse. This is a nurse coming to small group this time. <laughs> she didn't take it as an offense at all. I just I remembered her as the nurse. Uh, she was a nurse. But see, <clears throat> that was the first, re first request. The second request I wrote from Paul's list was, and Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The word dwell is an interesting word, especially in the Greek. I mean, it's a wonderful word there, but in the Greek, it's more than that. It's, can Christ, will Christ be at home in your heart? That, that's the idea there. Uh, that, uh, you know, when you go to some people's houses and you don't hardly want to sit in the chairs because you may dent the, the, the cloth 
<laughs> you know, or, or put your back on a pillow because you're, you're pushing the pillow back. You don't feel comfortable in their house. It can be beautiful. In fact, sometimes the real beautiful houses aren't very comfortable. Uh, you know, but, you know, just when you, it's really wonderful to walk in someone's house and to be able to sit on the couch and just sit on it and say, this is, I'm not denting it, you know, and that we're going to even eat popcorn while we're sitting on the couch. And, you know, I'm not afraid to breathe or to whatever. See, and that, that's hospitality. And that's literally what it's saying here. Is Christ at home in your heart? Now, I did something in our small group mentioning this uh, word at home. It was funny because my secretary, as I said, is sitting here, and I used her as an excuse, as a, a, an illustration, but I didn't say it was an illustration. I said that when Paul and I went over to Anne's house, she had us come in and she says, make yourself at home. See, that's what that word means, make yourself at home. And after a while, Anne came in and says, where's Jim? And Paul said, well, I think he's downstairs. And it sounds like he's going through your closets and your drawers. Well, this other family that was there, the woman's eyes got big and her mouth dropped open. Like, oh, I don't want him at my house. <laughs> I'm going to invite him over. He's going to go through everything. <laughs> but do you see, does Jesus have access to every room, every closet, every box of stuff? Your computer and what's on there, you're going to have to clean it before he can sit down and use it if he needs to. So these are important prayers. I mean, this is an important prayer that Christ may be at home and come on and sit down, you know, and he's comfortable and I'm comfortable. And I hope he doesn't pull that drawer out because there's some magazines in there. I don't want him to see. You see, so it may be a good thing to uh, ask yourself that question. Do you want Christ really at home in your house? And maybe you need to do some cleaning and throw out some trash. Um, the, the third prayer request that Paul prayed for, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love. That's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful prayer request. Now, I never would have thought of these requests, but Paul did. And they're by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know that that the one thing that I'm grateful of, I'm not around my family. Um, I haven't seen the daughter that's closest to me. I think it's been three years uh, in Omaha, which is an hour and a half down the road. But um, I know people would drive me down there. I'm not driving the car anymore, but but I have no doubt of her love on the phone. And my sister in California, I only have one sister and we both survived our horrible family. And, uh, you know, when I call her, it's just wonderful to talk with her. It's just as if I just was there. You know, it's wonderful when you have family that you know that loves you, even though you may not see them. And all because some families, you know, they'll They'll send gifts, but they don't love you. <laughs> but it's just nice to be loved. And also family, if you're listening, I, I still like gifts, okay? 
So you that are listening, pray that they'll get the message. <laughs> My family will get the message. Um, you know, just this love request is important because you know that we have a debt. Now, if you are listening and you've been in my a pastor, uh, what I was if I was your pastor, you know the one thing I told you: don't go in debt. You know, don't get rid of your credit cards. You know, if you're not if they're if you're using them in a wrong way and they're running your life, you know, you need to take the scissors to them and and cut them up until you can not get yourself deeper and deeper in a hole. But we do have a debt. Jesus said, oh, no one, anything but what? Love. We have a debt of love. Now, what do you do? I mean, say I'm praying for you. Say, yeah, some people are real loving. I think I am. Um, I really care, care a lot. Uh, you know, when I got through um, counseling, I didn't say, there's the door, goodbye. <laughs> I cared about them after they were gone, wondering what's happening, you know, are, are they getting their act together, and, you know, is healing going on and so on. But the debt of love, and it's a debt that we have towards everybody. Now, what do you do? Because this is a prayer request, but you say, okay, Jim, you prayed for me, but there's some people I, I, I can hardly stand them. And I said, I understand. There are people that are difficult, people in your life that are difficult. Uh, sometimes when we get phone calls here uh, and the person is calling and so on, I know they're a difficult person. I mean, just the voice, they're demanding, they're just, just about them. So what do you do? Well, you still have the debt. And this is what... I would do when there were people that I couldn't work up a fake love because you can tell, you know, when it's fake, like going to a used car dealer and they walk up like you're a long lost friend. Uh, the, the thing is God loved that person through me. In one way, how did God show his love for me by meeting basic needs? God loved me when I was yet, what, a sinner. Now, God maybe had to hold his nose when he loved Jim, but he loved me. And we have a debt of love. And if Christians were more loving, I don't know if we'd be in the situation in America that we're in. If Christians were more loving, you know, um, <clears throat> We break fellowship for the stupidest reasons, you know. Um, baptism, how much water and how deep? Well, you guys know me. I like baptizing in the ocean, rivers, and lakes. And I hate the bathtub that they have in churches. I hate that. I only baptize once in this Luke, warm, icky water. And I'm going, oh, 
I, yeah, I, I like the rushing cold water. <laughs> I just like the outdoor kind. That's what John the Baptist never heated the pool. <laughs> he probably could have in the name of Jesus. <laughs> he didn't. <clears throat> but I mean, just things that don't matter. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm Baptistic. But, you know, if you haven't been baptized, you could be my friend. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not breaking fellowship over dumb stuff. Well, unbaptized people get into heaven. Well, they have a back door. They go, they have an interest that they get into heaven, they're unbaptized. But they're going to be there. <laughs> if they don't get in the front door, they get in the side door. Let me tell you. <clears throat> you know, just the, the things that, that we break fellowship with, the things that I don't want to, I need to, some of the people in the church, well, Dr. McGee was my pastor. And he came back from a Bible camp where he was speaking. And he talked about a lady that came up to him and gave him a piece of her mind that she couldn't afford to part with. And then he said she looked like she'd been weaned on a dill pickle. Now, do you look like you've been weaned on a dill pickle? That's not what we're talking about here. And when you see that in someone, pray that God would give them that love, that God would birth that love within them. And they are believers. But, you know, they're... they're... There would be the, the before picture, not the after. You know, and you're saying, God... I, I need to love them. You see people, as a pastor, not everybody in his church is lovable. Sorry. Of course, my church, they all were. I'm talking about other churches. Uh, so what do you do when there's people in your circle? Pray that God would love them through you. Would you be a channel of God's love to them? And I don't mean fakey. That's nothing worse than that fake Oh, it's so good to see you. And you know, they're not glad to see you. You know, uh, no. Anyway, <clears throat> but so let's go on. I mean, these are wonderful requests because Paul knew what was going on at Ephesus. Paul knew what was going on in this church. And this request he prayed doesn't say, this is for Ralph and this is for Sally. This is for every believer at Ephesus in the church. This is a, a, a common prayer where he prayed for the, he said in verse, the fourth request, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love. You know, may this person really enter into how much God loves them. You know, um, I'm a loving guy, but I don't ask me to die for you. I don't know if I would. Um, but God did. And he didn't wait till I cleaned up my act and had a nice haircut, <laughs> you know, and all of that took a good bath and all of that. No, he took me as I was and he loved me and he died for me. And God loves you. You say, well, I'll clean up my act. You can't clean up your act. 
I mean, if you're away from God, you can clean up your act by confessing sin and, and getting back right. But God loves you just as you are. And he wants, he sees the potential of what you could be. And trust him. Okay, so that you will be able to really understand the depths of God's love and acceptance. And the fifth thing is, and know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. That's how that prayer ends. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that a wonderful prayer? And then you go back and write these down. In fact, um, um, I wrote them down. I have them with me. Um, because I, I'm a little, um, my brain power isn't as great as it was. So I need this before I'd have read this once and I'd have had it. Uh, but now I got to, where do I put the paper when I'm going to pray? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun being a mature person. Okay. <clears throat> now this prayer ends. I love how it ends. Now to him who is able, that's wonderful, to do, he's able to do, above, beyond, all that we could ask or think. See, sometimes our prayers are too small. They're too confined, they're too limited, but, it's according to the power that works in us. And the power that's working in us is this power of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And a wonderful thing that when you're praying this prayer, how that you'll detour as you're praying. You may never get through those five things. You may get stuck on one and you go around the corner and God leads you to pray. You don't know why you're praying this way but you pray because God is leading you. You're sensitive to the spirit of God and he's leading you to pray. And then the very last part of this prayer is to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, the glory is to be him, God's glory. And you cannot... Um, You know, it would be a shame if I was extremely wealthy and I heard you were having financial difficulties. And so I put a lot of money in the bank for you. And you took it out a dollar at a time, barely scraping by, barely making it. And yet here it was for you, this wonderful gift and prayer is is a wonderful gift um i trust that you'll go back over this prayer i mean go go get your bible and and look and i looked at it in different bibles that may word them a little bit differently some put more requests than five but to me the five seem to handle 
Paul's prayer request. Uh, I'm doing something else that's been a tremendous blessing, and I got to get an ink pen because my ink pen ran out. But I went, to, I, as I've told you, to mark all the prayers in the Bible. You know, I don't care what all you mark, but mark the prayers. <laughs> we need more praying believers, and I can pray when I see what God says about prayer in Scripture, not what I've read in somebody's book, but about God's book. But I, in the Psalms, I, I marked all the prayers, and I have a notebook, a spiral notebook, and I'm going through and I'm writing all the prayers in the Psalms, in that notebook. That's what, you know, Psalm 1, Psalm 2, some Psalms, there's no prayers. That's okay. But I'm going through, and because I've read the Psalms all the way through, because I know, I, I, I realize why my wife was such a wonderful prayer person, is that she was in the Psalms, and the prayers of the Psalms really grabbed her. When you're a prayer person, you become very sensitive to prayer teaching in scripture. So I, I trust this webinar will be a benefit to you because, you know, now if you say to someone, yeah, I'll pray for you, then I know where to go. There are five requests that I could pray and one of them is gonna fit or maybe more than one will fit. So Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we had. Uh, the opportunity of, of, of looking at a prayer that Paul gave for believers that were going through their history at that time when Paul wrote them is like our history at this time. And so these requests can be a real benefit to use those requests on the lives of the people. And we remember it's to the riches of his glory that he's going to answer. What all that means, I don't know. You know, and um, if you figured it out, drop me a note. I'd love to hear what what your concept and your take is on the riches of His glory. But somehow, um, we'll never. I don't think we'll ever hit the bottom of His riches of His glory. There'll always be more. So I pray that that if you're going through a hard time, remember what we said, what the woman wrote me because of what both of us had gone through, the same kind of tragedy, that it's in that school, in the hallways, that we learn things that God wants us to learn. Even when the situation was bad and it was wrong and it was evil, but we had to walk through it. What is it that God is teaching me? And will it make me a, a, a better Christian, a deeper Christian, and will it make me a praying Christian? Lord, I pray that you would just smite our land with an academic of prayer, that believers would really start to cry out for our nation, for families, for teenagers. Um, Lord, I know that you're just looking for us to get on our knees and to cry out to you. So thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us and help us never to forget that we have a debt of love. In Jesus' name, amen.